Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thanks so much again for joining me this week. Let's start with my usual motivational quote for the day. It is by Peter Aberlard, and it says, by doubting we are led to question, I'm sorry, by, yes, by doubting we are led to question, by questioning we arrive at the truth. Do you remember being a kid and asking your parents the question why a million times a day? Why is the sun yellow? Why does a dog bark? Why is the grass green? Why does your phone have music? Why, why, why? Let's think about why kids ask so many questions. At the core, curiosity is really um, the base of human nature. It drives us to learn, discover, and adapt. Today, my guest, Laura Stewart, is a sought-after speaker, author, business advisor, and a radio host as well. Uh, she's the author of an award-winning international best-selling book called What Would a Wise, what Would a Wise Woman Do? Questions to Ask Along the Way. It was on Amazon Women in Business bestseller list for over 90 days. Yay, Laura. And Laura is going to help us ask the right questions and help us get off cruise control to create amazing, successful lives. So, Laura, thank you so much for being on. I'm really excited about the topics today. Oh, oh, it's my pleasure. It's enjoyable. I always like speaking with you, and we have such great conversations. And I know you said 90 days, but my book was on the Amazon bestseller list for over 90 weeks. You know what? I just looked at my notes, and I had 90 weeks, and see my brain registered days. So, yes, 90 weeks, which is remarkable to me. So awesome, awesome job with that. Uh, Thanks. It's, begin still, that. it's still actually trending on the international bestseller list and the Amazon U.S. bestseller list right now. Nice. It's nice. kind of Isn't exciting awesome? to know that yeah. people are still buying my book. <laughs> I, th- I think that is the coolest. Well, when you have good content and it resonates with people, right, no, it's, it, it makes sense to me. Right? I said to you, you're going to be famous, right? I told you that. <laughs> I, I, before we begin, I just have to share a really funny story because, of course, I read your book. Awesome. Everybody go out and buy it. Um, but being in sales, when I teach my class, my classes, you know, with my clients, it could be sales or coaching, really. I always say that the question why is magical, and they all laugh at me. And I pull out my, you know, the flip chart and the magic marker, you know, the little marker thingy, and I'll walk over to them with, and I'll go, and here's my magic wand. And then I go on their head, poof, you have the power to ask these amazing questions of why, you know, and really to get the clients to open up and tell you everything or your employee, if you're coaching, to open up. And, you know, I try to teach them that asking why uncovers so much information that we really need to arm us before we can make any really, really good recommendation for the client. And that, you know, that's really the power that we have. And I think that's why today's topic and your book resonated with me because I'm all about questions. Um, my family tells me I, I'm like, I drill them with questions, but I want to get to the core of what they're feeling or what's going on. So I do. I ask a lot of questions. So let's jump in and discuss really there's an art to asking questions and there really is a power um, that we derive from, from them. So how can you best help people, you know, use the question why and not feel invasive because that's the number one thing I get. Yeah, I mean, growing up, we were 
after the little kid thing where, you know, you're five years old and all you do is ask why, 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 30 billion times until your parents know exactly. the cause. Yes. Or, you know, I said so. That's typically yes. the way to get out of that question repetitively by a kid. We're taught as adults, don't ask somebody why because it puts them on the defensive. And And I get that. But what I've discovered over the years of working with my clients and and stuff is after the initial defensive reaction, you start to get to the good stuff. Yes. And what I what I teach people is ask why five times. People are like, what, five times? I'm not spending that amount of time asking somebody five times. But here's why. <laughs> That's fairly funny. Here's why. Um, <laughs> that was good. I got it. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that, but hey, there you go. All right, when when you start to ask yourself a why question, an instinctual reaction is that defensive one. And hey, let me give you an example. When I started my first company, I was leaving corporate life, and I I was all excited about it. I felt like the right thing to do, and I told my parents who had been supportive of me my entire life. Everything that I ever wanted to do, they were completely supportive of me. And this one, they were not. Wow. Oh, my God. All this fear came up. They're like, you can't do it. it you, you need to have another job. Do you have clients? Where are you going to get them? How are you going to support yourself? You know, I mean, the list was endless. And all of a sudden, a friend said to me, well, Laura, I don't really think that's your parents. There's something else going on. What do you think's going on? And all of a sudden, I realized, let me ask why five times, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I said, why are they so angry? And I said, okay, they're worried for me. Um, and as I went down each time, I said, all right, now I need to ask my whys myself. And what I realized was by the third why, what I got to is my parents were born in the Depression. Mm-hmm. Depression-era children do not take risks like that. It's rare that they do, and especially the thought of their child taking a risk like it. And I went, all right, I get it. So I started asking myself why. Why do I want to do this? Why do I want to start my own business? And the first time it was like, I hate the job I'm at. They don't respect me. Okay, that's not really a good reason to start a a business, right? It's, sure, because you could just okay go and get reason. another job. But you could right. just go get another job, right? Yeah. I mean, it's an okay reason, but you really want to get deeper. So the second time I asked myself why, it was I don't feel like I can go any further in this company. The third time was I want to show my parents that I can do this. My father had owned a business, and due to a lot of reasons, he had to go Chapter 11, and then he started another one. It was good, but I wanted to prove to him I could do more than my brother did who died, mm-hmm. right? So I was trying to take my brother's place. The fourth time through, it was another sort of, you know, a little deeper answer, right? You know, getting to that I want to do it because I want to take the place of my brother who died in my father's eyes. You know, that's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. That's the very deep. Yeah, the fourth time through I got to, I want to start this business because I want to prove to myself that I have what it takes to be successful. And the fifth Mm -hmm. time through I got, I have a lot to offer and there's nobody doing business the way I want to do it that I've seen. 
And it was like, and oh. It was this is a, worth pursuing. This is worth pursuing, right? Mm-hmm. But if I hadn't done my five whys, I wouldn't have gotten to there's something around my brother's death I hadn't dealt with. Sure. And if I didn't deal with it, then my business would never be successful. I would never be happy in that business. And then by getting to I have something really unique to offer, I was able to build on that to grow a highly successful business for 15 years, a multi-state tech company that I sold after 15 years. And the fruits of all of that became what would a wise woman do questions to ask along the way and the consulting work that I do nowadays with clients. So and here's the thing. So it's, it's, and, Laura, it's not even just – yes, we have to ask why to our clients as well, exactly the same point, to drill down to what's really going on. But we also have to look introspectively and ask those questions of why to get almost to the truth because we do cover up our own truth inside, right, our own fears. We kind of bury them and bury them. And until you peel back that onion and ask those why questions, things surface. So how cool is that, that um, you really got to the emotional core of why you wanted to do the business. Yeah, it was for yourself too, but really it was to prove something. I I think that's remarkable. So, and I think that that helps with the invasive piece that if we can learn to do it ourselves, I think it, it becomes less invasive practice, obviously practice, practice, practice. It becomes less, less invasive when we utilize this skill or tool um, with our clients to uncover clarity with them. Now, have you always like loved questions and why do you feel, because I know in the book you talk that you need to ask questions to have a great life or a great business. So have you always felt that? even like when you were younger? Well, my parents always taught me that when you ask questions, you really get some good answers. And what I've learned is the right questions can change your life, but only if you ask questions to get the answers you need, not just the answers you want. Yeah. And and most people ask questions with an answer in mind that they want to get. And they'll even keep asking the same question over and over again of different people until they get the answer they want. I mean, have you yes. seen this? I mean, oh I know my I've God, done it absolutely. myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you get, they, they give you, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that now. It, it's like you need rationalization from somebody and permission. Oh, okay, yeah, see, they said it, so therefore I, I should be able to do it. But what I've seen in my life that my parents taught me was when you're willing to ask the tough questions, and you're willing to challenge the status quo, basically getting off autopilot, which is a big concept I talk about in the book, when you're willing to ask those tough questions and linger in the uncomfortable answer, you leap forward personally, financially. um, Your entire life just completely changes. And my parents taught me that from kindergarten and first grade when they wouldn't teach me how to read or at least that's what I thought that they wouldn't the school wouldn't teach me how to read in first grade and I literally walked out of school it was much easier back then I walked into the cloakroom I don't even think they have cloakrooms anymore walked out of the cloakroom walked a, a mile home and the principal was calling the school mom brought me back to school and she's like why won't you teach her how to read and the principal and Mrs. Fight my first grade teacher who became my favorite teacher said well, we're totally going to teach her how to read, but she's at the end of the alphabet. 
and we start out with the beginning of the alphabet, and we pick groups going up from A to Z, and she's on the schedule for several days down the road to start to learn to read. And my mother started questioning them. And, you know, their first few answers were, well, and it's like the why question, right? Well, it's the way we've always done it. We have to have mm-hmm. some order. We have to do it this way. And she mm-hmm. finally, after about 15, 20 minutes or so, got them to realize, well, that doesn't make sense. This girl was willing to walk out of school and never <laughs> yes. come back because we wouldn't teach her how to read. Don't you think we should do something about it? And yeah. And they're like, yeah. So the very next day, because school was already, class was already over by then, right, um, they started to teach me how to read because my mother asked the questions. Yeah, yeah, and got really to the root and, and made them think that maybe the way we're doing it isn't the only way to do it. Just have to share one of those funny quips that you, you know, you read on the emails or somebody tells you these funny jokes. And this is, it, it's um, around the holidays and four generations <clears throat> are in the kitchen. So you have, you know, the, 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 the great grandmother, the grandmother, the mother and the, and the daughter. And the mother cuts the ham around the holiday. She cuts the butt ends and the other end and puts it in the pan and then puts it in the oven. And the daughter, the young daughter, says to the mother, oh, why do you cut the ham? You know, does it make it juicier? And, you know, is there a reason for it? And the mother says, well, it's the way my mother always did it. So the kid said, well, I, I want to know why. So she goes into the grandmother and said, Grandma, Mom cut the back of the ham, the other end of the ham. Is there a reason for that? And the grandmother says, you know, I don't know. My my mother did it that way, so go ask great-grandma. So the kid walks into the other room and says to great-grandma, you know, I just was in the kitchen. Mom cut the thing, this and this, and then I went and asked grandma, and they said that it's, you know, how grandma did it, and grandma said it's how you did it. So why do you cut the front and the back end of the ham before putting it in the pan and putting it in the oven? And the great-grandmother says, oh, because my pan was too small to fit the whole ham. You know, every time I hear that story, I love it. And the first time I ever heard it was a pot roast, you know, versus a ham. But it's it's so true. We get stuck in a rut, autopilot, yes. you know, as no. I like to call it. And we don't even know why we're doing things. And, and there's a reason most times that something was done, but that doesn't mean it has to continue to be done that way. That's right. Right. Stop the madness. Get off the roller coaster ride. Right. Do something. But I, I think I think the core um, before we take a break, I think the core message here is a great example with your mom kind of saying, well, why? So she's at the end of the alphabet. Well, what does that mean? Why can't she learn how to read? And then, you know, we don't have the resources. OK, well, why is she chosen to be at the end? You know, so all of that drilling down. And I think we need to do a better job because once we have the clarity of the real situation or the core issue, whatever, it might have been limited resources at, at the school, whatever, you can say to the teacher, well, all right, but my child's willing to walk out of school. Can we bump her up on the list even though she's at the end of the alphabet? Like, let's, let's think about this from a non-insanity standpoint and, and the whys drill down to the clarity. So I, I think that's so important. Let's take a quick break, Laura, and then when we come back, I know you and I have had several conversations that I giggle because I don't, I don't see this, but you call yourself a geek, and really, I can relate to that because so, you know, I'm a straight-A geeky student too. But how did a geek end up writing a book like What Would a Wise Woman Do? So I, I really want you to tell that story because it's, it's very interesting. All right, so let's take a break, and then we'll come back to that. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. 
It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. Okay, we are back, and we are speaking with Laura Stewart, and we are uh, discussing well, her book, with the core concept of her book, of what would a wise woman do, questions to ask along the way. And we're really, really discussing the, the question of why and why it's so impactful in our lives, both professionally and, of course, on our personal side. And we're sharing some funny stories uh, to help get our points across. So, all right, my little geek over there, how did you end up writing this very cool book? Well, you know, uh, other than geek, I prefer the term intellectual badass. <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> totally like that. I actually saw that on a T-shirt when I was coming back from doing a keynote at a at a tech conference. Actually, this woman had a T-shirt on. It said "nerd" or, as I prefer, "intellectual badass." So I've adopted it. it. Now I, I use it on stages, and it, it gets a laugh every time. But it, it's really true, right? When you think about yep. it. When you think of geek or nerd, you think of somebody that, you know, is in their head and and they are using one side of their brain more than another. And in society until recently, we thought of those people as unable to communicate with the rest of the world. (laughs) Well, I always loved writing and English and speaking and reading, and my parents always would put me forward. Like, if I had a question I wasn't allowed to sit back and have my parents ask the other person what my question was. I had to go up and ask myself. Excellent. That's a great skill. And my parents believed that they shouldn't answer all my questions, which is very unusual because parents try to answer all their kids' questions. Even if my parents had the answers, they'd be like, well, go research it. And I'm like, what do you mean research it? And they're like, well, there's encyclopedias over there. There's the library. We'll take you to the library. Because we didn't have the Internet back then, which I think no, in some we did way not. hurts us. Because, yep. you know, it's more directed. In the library, if you opened up an encyclopedia, you were able to see all the pages before and after as you're trying to find the entry you're looking for, or even mm-hmm. in a dictionary trying to find the word, you'd find ten other words all around it. But, yep. That's a completely other conversation. But I had to learn, number one, how do you get answers? And in the process of asking for answers, I learned new questions. I loved technology. I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a little kid. And I had a knack for all things technical. And this is back in the day, way before laptop computers and smartphones and desktop computers ever existed. It was just rooms full of computer equipment and punch cards and tape and all this other stuff. But I had a knack with fixing things and understanding the way they worked. But it really boiled down from I love 
to investigate because my parents taught me that, you know, not any one person is going to have all your answers. So you're going to have to go out there and find the right people to ask the questions of. So they that's sort of with the what would a wise woman do. It's if you are stuck in a situation and you're not sure which way to go or really any situation that you're in, ask yourself, what would somebody wiser than me do in this situation? It takes you out of I have to know all the answers myself and gives you permission to recognize, oh, well, maybe I need to ask that question of of this person over here because I got an answer from that other person which doesn't make any sense or it's it's a yes-no kind of thing. You know, uh, you and I once talked about open-ended questions and closed questions, and the best way I find to describe it is if you ask somebody a question and they give you a yes, no, maybe, you ask the wrong question. Absolutely. You want to ask questions that <clears throat> take you to another level, take you to another step. So the geek thing, I love it. I, To me, doing strategy stuff and thinking through and looking at a computer, because I owned a tech company. Right, we, that's right. This in, is your strength. Yeah, we installed computer networks for large corporations and small businesses. And people are like, Laura, you have a small company. How are you getting into large companies? And I'd be like, well, you know, they had a problem and they heard about me and they're like, two years, nobody's been able to fix it. I go in, I look at it, and I'm like, five minutes later, their problem's fixed. And they're like, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know, I just saw the answer. Because you knew you knew the path of questions to ask to get to the answer. And that, <clears throat> it's unfortunate because we are not taught that skill in school. We were talking about that before the show. And I, I told you I would share a funny story. My um, In Holmdell, in eighth grade, the children... Uh, get to go on an awesome trip to Washington, D.C. Parents are not allowed, which I think is a brilliant idea. And the teachers volunteer their time, which I think is extremely generous of them. And they go down and they chaperone this event and they take a bus and they drive and they stay in a hotel and the whole thing. And so they leave like 5 o'clock in the morning. You know, you drop the kids off 4.35 a.m. at the school. They get on the bus and they leave. So, I don't know, maybe around 4 o'clock, it was funny because my husband was at work, I was at work, and 4 o'clock he texts my son, are you alive? And I text my son a couple of open-ended questions, you know, um, how long did the ride down take, you know, who'd you sit with, and are you behaving, typical mom, and, you know, are you having some fun, give me some ideas of what's going on. So open-ended question, he couldn't just answer yes or no. So around 7.30, 8 o'clock, neither one of us had heard from him. So I'm like, all right, clearly clearly the kid's having a good time. So right before bed, it was about 9.30, I text him again, and I, my husband texts him again. I said, let's see who he answers. So we both text him, we need a reply, okay? We need to know that everything's okay. So my husband's text was, are you alive? Mine was, I sent you a text earlier, I expect some answers, okay? Um, you know, we're worried or something, whatever I put, right? So my husband, I hear his phone ping, and my phone, of course, pings. And he comes in, he goes, oh, I got yes, because are you alive? And his answer was yes. I go, oh, let me see what mine is. And I start reading all, all the questions he had started to answer, who he sat with, what time they arrived, what the hotel was like. Yes, he was having a good time, where they had eaten. So it was this very lengthy text. So my husband goes, why did he give you all that information? And I giggled and I said to my husband, it's the power of questions, my friend. So well, he you responds asked. back. I asked. That's exactly right. And so my husband responds back, that's cool. Are you having fun? So ping, yes. I text back, you know, 
what time do you have to get up tomorrow? And again, several, you know, a couple more questions. And again, my son responded, you know, not too lengthy, but boom, boom, boom. He gave me the response. My husband looked at me and he goes, you're a witch. How do you get these kids to respond? And I said, because what I teach, what I do, it's all about asking questions to really understand. And as a mom, you know, Laura, really, really, I wanted to make sure that he was safe and happy and not worried or anything like that. So, and, and plus my skill, right, that I could ask questions. But it was a hysterical. My husband's like, that stinks. You know, I get a yes and I get this lengthy uh, text. So it's all in the power of the questions. And I, I just love, I loved your book for that because I think it teaches us that you're not invasive when you ask. And it truly is important to get to the core of things um, for everyone to just end up in a better place, whatever that means, whether it's professional or personal. Now, let me, I have, I just, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry, and then I have no, another question for you. Well, you, you know, you were talking about the way you ask questions versus the way your husband was asking questions. And, you know, thank you for loving my book, by the way. What, oh, yes, yeah, awesome. What, what I've discovered is men ask questions very differently than women. Right, because we true. really want the backstory. We want the information. We, it's true. For, we we think in story. Most women think in story. Most men tend to think very very linear, very structured. Um, just get the facts. And my brain has I'll, I'll, engineering brain, which tends to be thought of as more male brain. But I also have the female brain where I really care about the backstory and I'm making these leaps and, and visual in my I, I actually see stuff in my brain when I'm trying to troubleshoot a computer problem. But as I'm troubleshooting the computer problem, I'm also looking at, well, how did this problem happen? What can we do to prevent this from happening again? Um, is it a training issue? And I'm looking at the entire environment around what's going on. So you're asking questions to get the story. He's asking questions to get a fact. Yeah, that's right. And there needs to be a balance between the two because people right. do think differently and process differently. I mean, how many times have you asked your husband some questions and, like, their back goes up? Like, I feel like I'm getting the third degree from you kind yeah. of thing. Sure. We, we need to approach the person we're asking questions of in a way that doesn't set them off to shut them down. So maybe you can't lead with a why to start. That's right. You may have to lead with a what, how, you know, or something different because there's a who, what, when, where, why, how kind of questions. So you need to sort of wind your way in in some cases to prevent that completely defensive reaction on a why. Unless, like since you and I are consultants, somebody's expecting us to ask the tough question. Absolutely. You know, and when they fuss over it, I'll go, well, okay, you can choose to let me take the long way around for this, but, you know, you're paying me by the hour. So I'm totally cool with that if you want to do it. Or or can we just let down the guard and let me help you and get through Absolutely, this? yeah. You know what, and I think when, you know, we ask questions, you know, whether it's my son in Washington, D.C. or whatever, it's I when I ask a question, it truly is because I'm interested in the person. I'm interested in their situation. I'm interested in helping, you know, I ask for a reason, not just, you know, to be an empty vessel, you know, saying words that really don't mean anything. I truly care. 
So I also think that if you're doing an inquisition because you're grilling someone to compare yourself to them and it's not for the benefit of the person you're, you're inquiring or asking the questions about, you know, you're off base. But I think if people feel that you're asking from the heart, I think people feel more comfortable opening up. I, I don't know. What have you experienced with that? It, it's completely that. And But yet I've seen men, right, who don't want, and women, some of them, who don't really care, but they are amazing at getting people to tell them information sure. because of the way they ask the questions. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't think we have to threaten. And, and again, you don't just want to go, well, why'd you do that? That's a threatening question, you know, versus explain to me why you took that path versus, you know, this path. And then, you know, people stop to think about, well, why did I do it that way and not this way? It's a less... Um, adversarial way to present a question. You know, I, I, we have like literally two minutes left. It always goes so freaking fast for me. But here's my last question, and I hope you can answer it. If you can leave everybody listening with a last thought from, you know, this whole why or questioning premise, what would it be and, and why? <laughs> How to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you had to get that last why in. Like, thank you. <laughs> You know, the thought that I'd really like to leave people with is, number one, to understand what you really want to achieve with your life. And the only way you're going to get to that is to really be willing to ask yourself the tough questions. Ask yourself the why questions. I I guarantee you that if you are willing to ask yourself the tough questions and dwell and that answer that puts you on edge a little bit, your life is going to transform, totally transform, because the right questions really do change your life. And the right questions ask of the right people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I've and seen I, it and in my life. I've seen it in the life of my clients. It's an amazing, amazing shift that begins to happen if you're willing to ask the right questions. And you said something so poignant. It not only asks the right questions itself, and I'm big into self-assessing because that's, you know, drill down, the truth does come. And, and you know what, be honest with yourself. But know when to go outside because it's beyond your scope. And I think the other thing is people feel like we have to do it alone. I can't bother other people. No, ask people for help. I have found anytime I've reached out to peers or people who I look to as mentors and I say, what would you do? What did you do? I'm at a crossroad. I'm so confused. And people can see things more clearly because they're not involved, right? They're not emotionally and and intellectually or physically involved, that they can look and say, well, why don't you try this, this, or this? And you look at them and go, well, that was brilliant. People do want to help, so don't be afraid to ask the why or go and look for resources to help, and I think that's really important. And I think your book is a resource that people should read if they feel more that they're not maybe being honest with themselves or if they don't know what questions to ask. I'm telling you, read this book. It's, tr- it's truly insightful, but it also gives you some tools for the self-assessing and to build your confidence to ask questions outwardly um, as well when you don't have the answers within. Um, Laura, we're out of time. I-, I can't thank you enough. This was an awesome topic for me, um, again, because of my sales background and, and what I do. But um, buy the book, guys. You know, it's it's a best-selling 
um, you know, best business bestseller for over 90 weeks for a reason. So you don't even have to take my word for it, buy it. But here's the thing. I'm going to put on the Web Talk Radio website, I'll put the book link through Amazon so you guys can just go click and buy. Also, I'll put Laura's website. Now, Laura, can they, if they go to your website, can get, they get the book that way as well? Yeah, there's a link there that will take them um, to every place possible to buy the book and also get them some additional free resources. On your website. Okay. On my website, so, yeah, laurastewart.com. Yep, so yes, so that's what I'm going to do, www.laurasteward.com. Um, and I'll put that on the Web Talk Radio website along with the Amazon link if, if you guys just want to go right through Amazon. Um, Laura, thank you so much for taking the time. Great show. Um, I hope people took some takeaways uh, that they can use, again, for themselves, in their business, in their personal life, etc. cetera. Um, we will be in touch. You and I will talk. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed the show, and I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that, hey, it's possible and probably easier than we often think. Thanks again, Laura, for being my awesome guest. It was um, my thank- joy and pleasure. Yeah, really, really great show. Thanks so much. Everyone, thank you for joining me. Um, you've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thanks and have a wonderful, exciting, and a questioning week of whys. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't.